Hi guys, welcome to the Blended Christian Podcast, a podcast that helps make traditional Christianity easier and understandable in this modern world. I am your host, Mela Blends, and today we are going to be talking about the Blended Christian. So what is a Blended Christian? What does that mean, basically? Um, I have some sort of a personal relation to this word to this revelation and as i was looking for my own purpose my own destiny for my own meaning of life i came across this and i came across a bunch of other verses that the holy spirit decided to you know let me in on and make me feel better about the stage that i was in at that time so i'm a bit of a let me say organized freak <laughs> where I just I just need things to be in order that just makes me happy and while I'm putting things in order I don't know I think I feel like I'm in the best place ever so from this episode onwards I'm going to be using some method some yeah some order <laughs> um, to go about my episodes and yeah we'll just do a trial and error on this first episode and see if it works out so first we'll go through the verse i'll read out the verse and then i will give a definition or give explanations for the verse or explanations and definitions for the verses for the words that are inside the verse that relate to what i'm trying to say then lastly I will discuss what it means for us or the revelation that I got behind it. So yeah, that's the protocol. Verse, definitions of the verse, what does that mean for us or the revelation? Cool. So yeah, like I said, the first episode is called The Blended Christian. And now we can get into it. And I hope you guys, you know, have your Bibles, you have your notepads. We're about to go deep into this whole whole thing so yeah let's begin okay so with that being said i'm going to read the first verse of the episode and probably the first verse of this whole thing uh this whole podcast i'm reading romans 12 verse 4 to 6 and i'm reading from the good news translation i hope you have your bibles out i hope you have your notepads out because this is about to be a lot this is about to be a mouthful guys so um also before i forget there's an option where you can leave me a message you can let me know your opinions on this topic you can also suggest other topics that you want me to do in the future like no topic is you know off the table you guys can just ask me anything and let me know or you guys can pop in and say hi that would be lovely too so yeah let's start reading romans 12 verse 4 to 6 verse 4 we have many parts in one body and all these parts have different functions five in the same way though we are many we are one body in union with christ and we are all joined to each other as different parts of one body six so we are to use our different gifts in accordance with the grace that god has given us if our gift is to speak god's message we should do it according to the faith that we have okay that was romans 12 verse 46 so 
The next thing is definitions. So I highlighted four definitions in this verse that would help me explain the revelation that I got. Of course, some things would be simple. We all know what some things are, but I've, like I said, they help me to explain. Once broken down, you guys will get to see what why the bible uses these verses or these words in the verse and it will be much simpler to explain or to get a message from the verse so the first verse the first definition i'm going to get from the verse is in chapter four the first two are in chapter four so it says we have many parts in one body so we all know what a body is but according to oxford dictionary it is a physical structure what is a structure a structure is an arrangement of and relations between the parts or elements of something complex so that is the definition for body in general and then we'll go to functions where it says and all these parts have different functions the definition of a function is an activity that is a natural to or the purpose of a person or thing so what do these two definitions mean to us? Like, what does this have to do? What do the definitions have to do with the verse? So in terms of body, the reason why the Bible uses this metaphor and will continue to use this metaphor throughout the episode, but the reason why it uses this metaphor in the verse is because it's not a mistake. We are put in the correct position to have relations with each other as part of one system. We are described as part of a body. So that is telling us that we are put in the correct position to have relations with each other, which obviously goes with the whole theme of this verse. And in functions, lets us know that not only are we put in the correct position, to have relations with each other but also we are arranged so perfectly that it is natural and purposeful for us to be there because remember the definition for functions or function is an activity that is natural to a person or thing so wherever you are at your current position your correct position that you are at or placed at by God allows you to do the activity that you should be doing or that you are born to do that you are natural at you are good at that so that goes with our gifts and talents we're all different in our gifts and talents but we all fit in the body of Christ using our gifts and talents to fulfill our purpose in life Basically, and that's just verse 4, guys. That's just the beginning of this whole thing. So when we go to verse 6, verse 6, the definitions that I want to get into are grace and faith. So grace and faith, I feel like they need their own episodes. They need their own sermons because, wow, those just, you need to unpack a lot on that. But in a nutshell, grace is given to anybody that, believes in Jesus Christ because you know we're all born sinners and grace given to us by the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection has allowed us to be exempt from our sins and to be you know 
not suffer the consequences of the ultimate consequence of our sins but okay we'll get into that maybe another episode or i think i'll just link it to another verse that i will read later so verse 6 where it says so we are to use our different gifts in accordance with the grace that god has given us if our gift is to speak god's message we should do it according to the faith that we have grace has three definitions according to oxford number one smoothness and elegance in movement number two goodwill number three bringing honor or credit to someone by one's attendance or participation. I don't know which one we'll focus on there, but I don't think we'll use all three definitions. And then faith is complete trust or confidence in someone. So up until the beginning of, up until the end actually of verse six, I see everything is smooth sailing, but at the end I see a catch where we are given the responsibility for something now. Everything seems to be given to us, our position, our function, our purpose, our the grace. Everything seems to be just handed to us until we get to the end of chapter 6. Faith. Faith according to the faith that we have. So we need to provide a measure of faith in order for this whole thing to work. It's according to how much faith we have to the point where if you have little faith and you combine it with the grace, that's what's going to come out. That's what, that's your purpose will come out like that. If you put a lot of faith into and combine it with the grace, that's also what's going to come out. The amount of faith does count. So faith in what exactly? Well, from what I gather, I'm thinking that it is faith in God or Christ and faith in ourselves and our gifts. So that just tells me that without faith in God and our gifts, no matter how much grace we have, we will be unable to complete or fulfill the purpose that is upon our lives. But okay, let's move on from that and go to Colossians 2 verse 6. I think that is going to explain grace a little bit more, just a little bit. But hopefully, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I'll be able to get a revelation on grace and be able to put it in its own episode. But Colossians 2 verse 6, also reading from the Good News Translation, it says, Since you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, live in union with him. So this tells us that we can't live in union without accepting him as your Lord and Savior. But it also means that now that you've accepted him, you need to live in union with him. You need to get into the mind frame that you are part of his body. That everything that you do, everything that you think about, everything that pertains to you must be linked to Jesus Christ and the purpose that he has put into you as what whatever part of the body you are but okay so yeah I think that ties in with grace where 
like I said, grace is basically where you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and your sins have been washed clear. You start off on a clean slate. And yeah, so I think that ties in. So we'll go to the next verse, which is 1 Corinthians 12. Um, this is probably going to carry out throughout the whole episode because it's packed with a lot like I, I feel like this metaphor of the body is just going to continue on throughout the whole episode but that's okay that i think it's just a great metaphor so first corinthians will read 12 14 16 and 17 uh and we'll look for definitions and we will examine the whole thing and see what it means for us what is the revelation behind it so 12 says Christ is like a single body which has many parts it is still one body even though it is made up of different parts 14 for the body itself is not made up of one part but of many parts 15 if the foot were to say because I'm not the hand I don't belong to the body that would keep it from being part of the body if the ear were to say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that will keep it from being part of the body. 17. If the whole body was just an eye, how could it hear? And if it were only an ear, how could it smell? So I get a number of things from that whole passage. Firstly, the foot and the ear where they were just saying i'm not i i'm not this certain part of the body so i'm not important or it's saying i don't belong here because i'm not an eye or i don't belong here because i'm not a hand those are just examples of how we as humans talk to ourselves we are our own downfall with our own insecurities because our insecurity prevents us from being part of the body if we don't know our own worth and our own importance in the duties and positions that we have been given in this body of christ then we tend to remove ourselves and feel like we don't belong we don't have a sense of belonging. We've been disowned or we never belonged in the first place. And that is something that, you know, we do to ourselves. We tell ourselves that we don't belong. We don't have a purpose. We don't have any importance to God. And that just makes us remove ourselves from our actual purpose. And that just solidifies how we feel. And this verse is trying to let us know that without... If you think about it like that, then you doom yourself to living life as if you don't have a purpose. And that's not the case. But okay, I don't think there are any definitions. I don't think there are any definitions that I need to go about here. So I'll just skip that. And move on to just explaining the revelation so on top of that if we go to um 16 and 17 17 is about 
if the whole body was just an eye how could it hear and if the whole body were just an ear how could it smell okay so there is difficulty in not knowing who you are and not knowing where god wants you to be there's a lot of confusion and displacement that can happen and that that just you know creates either delay actually delay and a lot of pain towards that person that is trying to find their purpose and without finding out your purpose or without finding out the reason why you're on this earth you will con- constantly be you know in in a state of depression and sadness I, yeah so um actually it's funny because i went to church and the pastor was on this topic and like i wrote down the notes for this topic and it suddenly spoke to me about how true happiness is found in you finding out what god put you on this earth for and i can attest to that where I spent a lot of my childhood looking for that purpose and rushing for it and that just brought me so much depression that you know I just decided nah I'm done looking I probably don't have a purpose and this and just you know that just creates so much unnecessary pain for a lot of us so yeah as let me move on from that so there's a lot of confusion and displacement that can happen and we will end up hoping to be something more or even something less. You could also already be part of the body or you've already accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you get put into different purposes and think that some things should not be happening to you, but to some other part of the body or some other person who is a brother or sister in Christ. We have already said that the body comprises of parts that are complex and i think that complexity explains how this process is not easy i don't think it's meant to be easy but once you already found yourself in your position i feel like nothing is more satisfying but okay on top of that I feel like as long as you focus on fulfilling your function, everything else that comes your way will be taken care of by the full body of Christ. So there's a, there's a lot of persecution. There's a lot of, you know, things that could happen around you that makes you doubt yourself or makes you feel like, you know, you are not where you are meant to be, even though you've already found confirmation from God that tells you, yes, this is where you, you should be. Or you already feel like you are enjoying where you should where you are right now. There's a lot of obstacles that still could come your way. But there's there's a sense of security that because you're not alone in this body, you're not alone in your position, and you have other people surrounding you that are in their positions, then you will constantly have security you will always prevail you will always have those things taken out of your way so that you can fulfill what the body of christ requires you to fulfill you just need to stay in that body so verse 17 shows me that even 
besides you being your own enemy at this point, other people can also serve as discouragement. So I want to go back to verse 22 where it says, On the contrary, we cannot do without the parts that seem weaker. The other definition that I gave for seem was being unable to do something despite trying. And I think that speaks to the mindsets of many of us who feel like they don't have a role or a purpose in the body of Christ or they can't they don't have enough talent they don't have the calling they don't have the 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 you know the nece- necessities to be able to you know spread the gospel to be able to just do what they are meant to do in God's eyes and in God's kingdom and i feel like our insecurities where we feel like someone else can do it better than us or like i said we just feel like we don't have what it takes to be part of the body of Christ. This qualifies us from doing what we should be doing because I, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a role to play in making sure that the kingdom of God is uplifted. The kingdom of God is filled with God's children. And that just, like I said, it speaks to the mindset that people have about themselves and how those things hold us back from fulfilling our destinies. And then if we go to weaker, the last word of that verse, parts of the body that seem weaker. I think of I think of my 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 myself. I am right-handed and for me I I know that my left hand is weaker than my right hand. So my automatic response to anything one, one-handed, any activity that is one-handed is to use my right hand immediately. I don't even think about it. It's just, it just happens where if I were to write or start writing, my hand just goes straight, my right hand just goes straight for the pen. My left hand doesn't even try because I know I'm right-handed and I'm, my non-dominant hand is my left hand. But even with all of that, I cannot imagine my life without a left hand and i feel like despite having also two-handed activities that i need to do i just don't see myself having just one hand like that for me is just traumatic that is just like to other people as well when they look at someone with only one hand they already label that person as a cripple or whatever the case is so that just tells us that as much as some things are like some things or some characteristics of ours are weaker or we feel weaker in our journeys um, compared to other people and their journeys in Christ or in whatever they need to fulfill in their purpose and destinies. We are still needed by God to do what we are meant to do. Not looking at other people, we as our own individuals, as our own, having our own relationship with Christ and having our own relationship towards our purposes. We have something that needs to be done. And looking at other people will only make us feel inferior. So I think the whole, that is just an example of how we seem weaker to other people or seem weaker even to ourselves, but there is still a sense of necessity where we are needed in this body of Christ that we 
are in. It is the body, the owner of the body that has to act on, on the healing, that has to create the opportunity for healing to occur. And it is the owner of the, the body that assesses the damage, assesses the healing. It is you that, is, that sees that, okay, this, my eye is painful. How do I heal it? What do I need to put on to heal it? And oh no, okay, now that I've been putting it on for like a week, it's getting better. It is you. So the same way you look after your body like that, it is Christ who looks after the body. On top of that example, let me give another one. Where, let's say you have a headache and you have a painkiller. You're not going to rub the painkiller on your forehead. You're not going to surgically remove your skull and place the painkiller, implant the painkiller in the direct part of the body that hurts. Instead, the owner of the body, which is you, will put the pill in the mouth. You'll put the pill in your mouth and you will drink it. You will drink it, you'll wash it down with water. And if you're anything like me, like, I just hate drinking pills. I hate pills with a passion. But that's still something that I have to do. And, like, obviously, they don't taste good, so I'm even more confused as to why the main... If you're going to make us drink it through the mouth, at least make it taste good. But that does not happen. So, from my point of view, the mouth is the access point. The mouth is the messenger with the pill, which is the message. To let the body know, or to let the, the brain, the headache, the, the part that has the headache know that help is on the way. It, it's letting the brain know that it's time to activate something in the immune system, something in the neurons and electrons. I don't even know with what part it is, but it's letting the brain know that it needs to activate something to get healing to that part that is in pain. But the mouth or the person who is the mouth of the Christ, the, the body of Christ, cannot tell the brain or question the brain saying, why, why are you hurting? You don't belong here. You don't belong here because you are causing this whole body dysfunction. You are causing this whole body pain. We are just focusing on this thing that is causing you dysfunction and the rest of the body is just focused on you. So you should not be part of this body. You, as the mouth of Christ, and metaphorically speaking, cannot go and tell someone who is the brain of this body of Christ that they are not doing their job properly and should be kicked out. That is not your duty. Instead, this is what we should do. We should pray for one another. It also says in the Bible that we should pray for another, for one another. We should tell the owner of the body that something is wrong and we need correction. We need, we need help in this area. This person needs help. This body part needs help. So if I could give a weird example. Okay, it's kind of weird, but oh well. So... When you, if, if you urinate, you go to the bathroom and you, when you do that, you are in pain or, you know, it's just not comfortable for you. That is the bladder telling the owner of the body that something is wrong with the kidney. 
I don't know how the connection goes, but there's some kind of sickness where if you urinate and there's pain while you're urinating and that's your and obviously your 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 urine comes from your bladder. So if there's pain as you urinate, the bladder is telling you that something is happening with the kidney because the kidney produces urine from waste products or something like that. So we are like we should be like the bladder of the body where it goes and it informs the owner that something's wrong with a particular part of the body. So that is our way of praying to God for one another and letting God know that one of us needs help in realignment. In this way, we are guaranteed perfect alignment or realignment in God's way. God restores honor to the kidney. God restores honor to that one or two individuals in his body who are, you know, out of line, whether by mistake or intentionally. That's another story. But God restores that honor so that the body of Christ can function in the way it's supposed to function. And everybody in the body of Christ that has their own purpose can function in the way they need to function. So verse 24 also made me ask a question. So how do we expect God to complete us if his body is incomplete? Every part helps each other. So if a part of the body sees itself as unnecessary and sees itself as not being part of the body, not having a position here because I because it doesn't see itself as important, then how do we expect God to do whatever he needs to do in helping the world become a better place when we made his body incomplete, basically? If the brain comes and says, I can't be a Christian anymore because I always get judged for having a headache and decides, let me leave. Who will play the roles of the brain? Okay, the brain is an important part of the body, but you guys will get my point. If somehow the brain decides, I'm out, peace. So who will play those parts of reflexes, movement of the limbs, decision-making, stimulation of emotions? I don't think any other part of the body can do that. So already the the body of Christ can be presumed death, dead. It can be presumed dead because... Without that part of the body, it cannot function. If we are chasing away the people out of this religion and out of this community and pushing them away because we feel like they don't belong, then we are allowing them to wander the earth looking for a place where they do belong. We chase these people away not knowing whether they can help us in our own journeys and functioning in our roles as Christians then who is to blame for the dysfunction in some parts of your life or in some parts of the the role that Christianity needs to play for a lot of people out there in the world? Who is to blame? So that's just something that I thought of that I had to think about. Lastly, we'll go to verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 12. And so there is no division in the body, but all 
its different parts have the same concern for one another. Verse 26. If one part of the body suffers, all the other parts suffer with it. If one part is praised, all the other parts share its happiness. So that just reiterates what I have already said, but we will still go through it. I, I don't see any definitions that I need to use to explain this, but what what do we get from this, basically? So it is our job to not be jealous of one another, but to rejoice in the accomplishment of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We have the responsibility of looking after each other, not judging each other, not making life harder for each other. Because finding your purpose and being persecuted for your purpose is is hard enough. We don't need each other to be fighting against each other or making each other feel inferior. But it is important for us to celebrate each other's accomplishments, especially accomplishments that are aligning with our purpose. My point is we rejoice when our counterparts in Christ rejoice. That is what the Bible is saying. But anyway, we can't find our purpose without accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We all have our purposes. It's just that finding it is so much easier and it's so much better. It feels so much better when you do it within the whole Christian umbrella. Let me say that. And that includes our first episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. And don't be shy to leave me a message. Or if that option is not available, you can also follow the podcast Instagram page at the Blended Christian Podcast and DM me, leave me any suggestions of what you want me to talk about, comments about the episode. You can even comment on the post and I will reply. Or, you know... Like I said, if you want me to do a specific episode or a specific topic, just let me know. I'm available on all platforms. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day or night. God bless. Peace be unto you and be unto me also. I'll see you guys in the next episode.